Welcome back to the Gap Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And in light of election season and the election on Tuesday, when this comes out, we decided to do a fact or fiction podcast all about travel healthcare. I didn't realize that it would actually come out on That's election That's why day. I was thinking no, about I it. No, I knew because it's like, yeah, but I didn't put two. I was like, wow, this is actually going to come out on the day of the election. And yeah, that's like crazy that in a couple of days, all of this craziness will be behind us. And we'll be well, able to Well, we'll see. Well, hopefully. and But at least we'll be moving in a different direction. Like all the hoopla, all the noise around it, all the talk, all, all the things. At least we'll have a definitive answer. And, and we, we can, can start move to forward. move forward. Right. I'm so ready for that. Me and too. over all the negativity and the drama. Yeah. And just, yeah, ready to kind of... Put it behind us. Yeah, with that being said, hopefully you all voted. Um, I know as travelers, it can be a little bit more difficult. Um, it was not easy breezy for us being that, you know, we left Florida and came to Missouri. So we had to get our absentee ballot and there was a signature discrepancy on mine, which then I had to go get the form and download it and send my passport picture. And I had to go through a couple couple hoops, but it's all done. I tracked it, and our votes count, which is all that matters. Yeah. So definitely go out and vote. Um, we're running out of time here, so definitely make a plan and go get that done. Yeah, it, t- it took a little bit of effort. It did. And it might take a little bit of effort to go to the polls on voting day, on election day. If you can, day. if you're in your hometown. <laughs> right, right. That's the whole thing yeah, with travelers. right, right. Well... If you haven't, then it's too late, obviously. So if you haven't, then we're <laughs> judging you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no judgment. Um, anyways, hopefully you voted. Hopefully we can all move on and um, kick off a brand new year with a much more positive, fresh, clean, lighter energy. Yeah. That is my hope. Absolutely. And I think, too, like the thought of this uh, was, you know, during the debates, how you know, the candidates will make a statement and then the pundits after will fact check them. And so... With healthcare traveling uh, and a lot of social media groups and things like that, there's a lot of information being thrown out, and it's you know hard sometimes to realize if it's fact or fiction. And well, so, and sometimes, and I see this a lot in like Facebook groups too. Is like you're getting little half truths, or like you're getting a small part of a story over or a bigger picture, and we're kind of taking those as full truths without actually really understanding how it works and understanding what's the bigger picture and what do I actually need to know here and what's important. So we thought it would be really fun to take, you know, some of the biggest, well, I keep saying like a myth buster thing, but I get, yeah, we're, Aaron came up with the rules. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the rules. So like (laughs) we're going to get through this, but basic, cause I feel like all the things we listed out were common myths that we hear about the travel industry and we're going to kind of debunk them and share what's fact about them and then what's fiction. Okay, so Kim doesn't know the rules, that's fine. We'll just kind of go there with it. Here comes your as, girlfriend. As we kind of know, she's always listening. She wants it. Yeah, I know. I feel like you guys are getting frisky when I'm not home. We're not. Kim is speaking of the, um, <laughs> the Google friend that pops on every time you say a hint of the she's name. She's obsessed with Aaron. She's like, <laughs> Good morning, my darling. And then, oh, yeah. like, I walk into the room, and she like literally start, she starts blaring like like hardcore metal. <laughs> like, oh, like I hate you. <laughs> wow. It, uh, <laughs> with that being said, this this has been a very musical morning in the Gibson household. <laughs> I I don't know why Kim is just living on a soundtrack. I've been right like now. cleaning my pipes. 
cleaning your pipes. I've been feeling very musical, very connected. You've been making up songs and jingles and... Yeah, I've just been wanting to express myself more musically lately and I felt like it was a great opportunity to really shine and share that with you this okay. morning. It was beautiful. There were moments. I, I enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> the the things of making up songs and then claiming that they were songs, that was a little difficult, but... Well, Other that's because that. you weren't familiar with, <laughs> with the original version. Gotcha. So with that let's being said, it. let's jump in right now. Oh, before, I do want to mention that um, this is going to be a two-part podcast because we came up with 13 myths or fiction. See, or you don't even know the rules, bro. Facts fiction, whatever, um, topics, but in order to be able to dive into them as we want to, we decided to break them up half and half. I know that's an odd number, but um, we'll either go... Part one and one part two. Blah. Let's do it. All right. There you go. So the first fact or fiction is the 50 mile rule. Yeah, this is something that, I mean, like you hear the 50 mile rule like everywhere, like if unless you live under a rock as a traveler, you've heard the 50 mile rule. And this is something that comes up in a lot of conversations and actually something that most, most companies will tell you that there's a 50 mile rule. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we just, when we like everybody else, when we first started traveling, our recruiter told us there's a 50 mile rule. We believed it. We believed that that was true because that's what we were told. And that's all that we knew. Right. Right. You only know what you know. And what that, what that, fiction is or the 50 mile rule myth let's say is is because they say our recruiter told us first thing right out the gate the one of the first topics of conversation we had was that as long as you were traveling 50 miles outside of your home base you were fine to get the tax-free money right and so what that means is if you as long as you're traveling 50 miles away from your tax home which we'll get into later on uh, in this episode but we're not going to just like go into detail about the tax home right now but as long as you're 50 miles away from your tax home essentially you qualify you're taking a contract 50 miles away from your tax home then you qualify for tax free money and stipends that we get as travelers and that is actually a myth 100%. That is so the fact checkers say that that is not true. Not true. And here it, it is true, but it's not. Okay. Correct. So it's not true when it comes to the IRS. Okay. So the IRS and your travel company have different rules, right? The travel company is trying to protect them and you from ever getting audited. And they're trying to do the best that they can to keep travelers safe and themselves safe and and to play within the rules and guidelines of the IRS. The unfortunate part of that is that the IRS, a lot of their rules and guidelines are blurry. There's a lot of gray areas. They're not black and white. And so everybody's trying to interpret them in a way that makes sense and that they understand. So companies will just say, okay, 50 miles, let's have that be across the board because that's easy to tell travelers and that feels like a safe bet, right? They're not trying to get anybody in trouble. That's just kind of what they've come up with as a company. But in reality, the IRS doesn't look at like, oh, you're 50 miles away. That means that you get tax-free money. Like, good on you. Okay. Um, I do want to say, because I just thought of this, that um, 
none of this matters unless you were ever audited. Like the IRS isn't going to come up to you out of the blue and be like, hey, like how many miles are you away from your, right. your tax home right now? Like none of this matters unless for some reason as a traveler, you were to get audited and you had to prove that you legally received and deserved the tax-free money that we get as travelers. That's the only time this discussion would be relevant mm -hmm. or come up. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, no, it's good. Because that's important to understand. Um, and then just to kind of finish that up, that what the IRS says and what they're actually going to look like if, or look at if you were in an audit is, okay, so, you know, Kim took a contract in, you know, St. Louis. And her tax home is in Florida. Okay, obviously I cannot commute back and forth from Florida to Missouri to take this contract, right? Like I've, I had a temporarily move to come here and it was way more than 50 miles away. Cool, that's an easy one. Yep. What gets tricky, and we'll use this example and then I'll let you tell the story, is when we were in Florida, which is where our tax home is, we were taking a contract that was actually less than 50 miles away, but it wasn't commutable. Right. So, so let me just finish this on. Yeah. So basically the IRS is saying, are you at a commutable distance from your contract, from your tax home where you cannot, that you, you cannot go back and forth to commute. You actually have to lay your head down at night and sleep somewhere else, pay for somewhere else, which then there's your housing statement. Duplicates your expenses. Premiums, right. And that 50 miles is going to be very different where in San Francisco, there's no way, I mean, you're commuting 50 miles with the traffic and stuff. It would take you three, four, five hours. Like, is that really a, a, a legit, like a realistic uh, commutable distance? Probably not. But in a place like Florida, where you can easily get from point A to point B, 50 miles on a highway, flat road in less than an hour or an mm -hmm. hour. That is a commutable difference. So it's going to depend on the area and the location where you are. Um, and that's going to determine whether or not it's really a commutable distance and whether you qualified for the same. Yeah. So here's the real life story. So Kim and I were in Jacksonville and then our tax home was, you know, I owned a house with my mom in Titusville, Florida. And so we literally got a contract. The contract was in Orlando. And I was like, wow, how cool is that? Let's, let's take it. So we, we went to Orlando. And again, there are little caveats. One of the things being that I was you know, projected to work in neuro. And I had to be there within 30 minutes. And that's pretty much in the department, set up, ready to go. Um, in that time frame, I know they allot like, oh. you 30 minutes to get there, but they kind of push that they want you to be set up and ready to go. And so with that being said, there was no commuting that I could do, nor would we have wanted to. Um, and just being with all the call and things like that, that we took. So we found an apartment right across the street from the hospital. And so therefore Kim and I were duplicating expenses. We had rent and we had our tax home. We were basically living in Orlando to work this contract, even though our tax home was in Titusville, which I know people when I used to work in Titusville that would commute from Orlando to work, but they didn't require a call. So with that being said, Wait, how we, many miles was it? So I'm going to get there. Okay. So we literally, I went through my first week of work and got my paycheck and it was all taxed. It was all taxed. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And so... I called the payroll department and they were like, you were at 49.7 
miles away from your tax home. Oh my god! And I, didn't I was know like, it was that close. oh yeah, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Technically, if we if you went an alternate route, it was fifty point four. <laughs> oh my god! So I was like, well, it depends on which route. But they said because of that, because you're under the fifty miles, our company and the computer system does not allow for tax free money. So unfortunately, there's no way around that. Even though you are by IRS standards following all the rules by duplicating expenses, you're living there to work this contract, but because you're under 50 miles, our systems do not allow you to receive the tax-free money, and that is protection for us as a company. So across the board, we have a 50-mile rule. That doesn't mean that you're you know, not eligible for tax-free money when it comes down to where the IRS is looking, but unfortunately for us, this is all we can do. So, like, it's so again, if Aaron was audited and he was proving why why he wanted why he re- was able to receive tax-free money in all the way the IRS was looking at it, he did qualify. Yeah, Done. I wouldn't have been. He couldn't have community. He had to be at work. He had to take call. We had an apartment. All of the things matched up. It probably wouldn't be a big discrepancy. But the, the company and a lot of companies, so again, a lot of companies say this 50 mile rule. So they're saying they don't care if it's communable or not. If you are under the 50 miles, we are not paying you tax-free money. Therefore, that means every dollar you make is going to be taxed. And that's just a fact. Yep. That's just the way it is. And we learned that the hard way because yeah. we did not know that going into it. And this was just a couple of years ago, yeah. but it was the first time we'd ever been in that type of a situation where we even had to think about that mm-hmm. because we never take contracts close to home. No. Um, so it is something to think about. Um, if you, if you are taking a contract closer, even if you can't commute, your company might have this hard and fast rule of 50 miles and your money would be taxed. Yeah. And we see that a lot of time, especially in the nursing world. Um, we see a lot of nurses that will do, since they do 312s, they'll take their other 312s and they'll do it as a travel assignment close to home. Um, we don't see that too much in the radiology world. And so I've just always seen it on the nursing feeds. Um, a lot of the nurses will ask questions like, I want to be a traveler, but I don't want to leave my home. And so I'm just going to find something really close. And that's where a lot of this comes up. And I will say that you can take a, a, an assignment close to home and, and still live at home, right? You could do that, but everything should be taxed, right? Yep. So from a legal perspective, you shouldn't be receiving tax-free money, Correct. essentially, right? Because you're living at home. Why would they? Why would you get tax-free housing stipend and per diems if you're just working a normal job, just like if you were full-time commuting back and forth to your hospital? That's not what it's about. That's You know what I mean? There's rules to why we get tax-free money, which we're gonna get into. Yeah, well, number two. Number two. <laughs> okay. So if you're a traveler, like if I was on the debate stage, Okay. If you're a traveler, you get tax-free money. Factor period. Fiction. Period. Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad you asked that question. Oh, good. Because that is uh, it's a lie. fiction. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a myth. It's a myth. Okay, here's why. And you hear that a lot. People mm-hmm. say, "Oh yeah, travel. You make more money. You get tax-free money, right? Done. Like, how awesome is that? We get tons of tax-free money. Yes, we do." But there's rules involved there. Just because you're a traveler doesn't mean you get tax-free money. You have to have certain things in place to receive that money legally. Again, side note, I will say this. None of this shit matters. Right. Unless you were to get audited. Well, in a way to understand, it's not like your accountant, well, certain accountants, like, won't just be like, okay, so you're a healthcare traveler. 
I need you to prove all these things to me before I allow right. this money to go through. It's basically your W-2 comes over as what you made, your wages. And they're a lot lower because you received a lot more from tax-free money. Exactly. So it's not like, you know, prove to me how you do this or else I'm not doing your taxes. It's not like that. It's exactly what Kim said. If the government says, wait a minute, this healthcare worker only made 25000 this year? Like, that's crazy. Like, we need to look into this. Or there was a discrepancy with the company, which is usually how it happens, um, where they'll single out a couple travelers from that company. Then that's when you got to start proving away. I think, so the whole point with this is that the reason why we get tax-free money is because we have a tax home. Mm -hmm. So we did a really, really great YouTube video on this where I feel like we broke it down very simply, very to the point. It was quick and easy to understand. And we break down what it means to have a tax home, mm -hmm. okay? So if you wanna pause this and go, or, or, or just watch it later, but like, <laughs> go to our YouTube channel, Kim and Aaron G, um, and there's a great video that really goes into detail about it if you're wanting to learn more about that. But just for, and also uh, Travel Tax is a great resource for anything tax related. Again, mm -hmm. we are not accountants we are travelers. Exactly. So we are just teaching from our own experience of what we know to be true, but this is not expert advice by any means. No. Okay. We are not experts here, but you do have to have a tax-free home, which basically just means that you have a home, you have roots, you have a place that you are living, you are paying rent to, um, you, or a mortgage. you return to every year, right? It's your home and you're traveling away from that home to go take a job somewhere, right? Like you're not packing up a U-Haul and moving to Kansas to live for the rest of your life. You're going there temporarily for three months, essentially, to take a job. And because you are still paying money into your, your house back home, and now you're also paying money to pay for your rent of your new apartment and your food and everything that you need and require to take this short-term job, the government looks at that as essentially you're duplicating your expenses and they're gonna help you offset those costs by giving you some tax-free stipends and money. So that's where that comes in, but it only comes in if you do have that proper tax home set up. If you don't have a tax home set up, that's fine. You can still travel and like reap the benefits of the travel lifestyle. Which is still usually a higher hourly wage than you would make working full time right. because you know, but everything gets taxed. So mm -hmm. that's the point is that everything will get taxed um, because you don't qualify. So we'll leave it at that. You can watch that YouTube video to go into more detail about the tax home, but that kind of covers the gist of it and how you, how you can set that up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then number three, to answer your question, all travelers get tax-free money, but here's the thing. They also make more money across the board. Fact or fiction? Do travel so the the question is do travelers make more money <laughs> <laughs> across the board? Okay, uh, no. Mm. But see, it's almost like contradicting ourselves because we always say we as travelers have tripled our income from compared to when we were working full time. And we have, and I think this is where it's fun because it is almost that whole political statement that you see in in politics where it's kind of true. But it's if you really break it all down and lay it all out on the table, you can find little things that aren't true about that. So it's not a blanket statement yeah. that we make more money. But yes, there are ways that technically Kim and I have literally tripled our income and work six months out of the year and make the same we made working at home. Yeah, there's a lot to kind of think about and to unpack in that. And another shout out to our YouTube channel, just like plugging ourselves here. But we did a video about who makes more money, healthcare travelers or 
uh, full-time workers. I think we did we, a podcast on that did too, we? didn't we? I think so. I don't know, but I feel like we really got into it. Um, and and so here's the thing. Let's so let's just break it down. Number one. Um, if you don't have a tax home, great. You can still travel like we said, but you don't get tax-free money. And one reason why we do make more money is because we, we receive a lot of extra money that doesn't get taxed. Mm -hmm. So we end up taking home more every week because less is taxed. Yep. That's number one. Number one. Number two, what you want to think about is there's a lot of expenses that we incur as travelers, right? It costs more money to be mobile than it does to just stay in the same place. Mm -hmm. So even if you want to work back to back to back contracts, there's always going to be a lull unless you're extending, right? Then you just stay put and that works out well. But um, if you're going to a new place, there's always going to be this period of time that you have to get from where you are to where you're going. So in that period of time, you're not working. And you're also, you know, paying for hotels and gas and food. And then you're getting to your new place. And if you're finding your own housing, you have to like put upfront costs to that. So there are, there's money and expenses that come from being a traveler. Yeah, there is. And so here's the thing too. You hear a lot of people, you know, there's some people out there that say, you know, six figure travelers and all these different things. And yes. So when you look at Kim's like contract right now, if somebody was like, how much money do you bring home a year? Like actual bring home. Kim, it comes out to like $113,000 a year. If you take what she makes a week, times that by 52, it comes out to almost like 113000 or a little more actually. Over so, six, yeah. Over so six it's figures. over six figures and that's bring home. But that's for a limited amount of time. And then we're not working for a certain amount of time. Good. Uh, no, I just wanted to say that would be if I worked every single day for an entire year. Right. At this contract. No time which, off. Which is not what happens. Like that's not realistic. So yeah, if I worked every day for the entire year at this particular contract where I do make more money, I take a lot of call, which helps. Um, I would make over six figures. Great. But like as travelers, we typically don't work year round. We right. never work year round. Right. Exactly. So that's basically it. I mean, that's just point blank to the point of, and then also, you know, again, we were working in Chico for almost an entire year and we did really well, but we also took a lot of time off, um, whenever our contracts would end and then we would extend, but Kim and I would take a couple weeks off here and there. So we, <clears throat> even though we worked a whole year there almost, we still took a total of like three months off. Well, right. And I think, and it depends on like what, what your goals are and what kind of traveler you are. But like most, one of the beautiful things about being a traveler is that we do get the freedom to take time off, right? We don't have to ask for PTO. We could take a month off if we want or a couple of weeks, whatever. We really get to choose that. And most of us, do take time off. I mean, Aaron and I, we, we like to take, we like to work like half a year, mm -hmm. but here's the cool thing too, is like we can work a half a year and still make more than what we made working a full year back home. I actually wanted to, I actually want to say that because I don't know why this came up, but I remember one year we were in Jacksonville. And again, for all of you that don't know the full story, um, I only had four days off a month. The rest of it was all call and we got called in all the time. So at my peak year, I think it was a full year that I was like, man, this year was crazy. I looked at Kim and I's tax returns on the first year that we filed married joint. Aww. And I know, it was like 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and so I looked at it and we had both been working in radiology. Kim took a lot of call as well. And our <clears throat> tax return said 50, 
seven or it was like close to sixty thousand dollars each no like total no yes 100 percent. and i was like you've got to be kidding me so you're saying i only made like thirty thousand a year yeah no way yep bring home so oh. because of all the taxes you brought home that's crazy exactly and so that's what i'm saying when kim and i talk about it all the time that she's working by herself i'm not working and right now her bring home is 112,000 a year. Right. So you can see where that math does a difference between our full time and our traveling, even though we take more time off because like we said, we work six months out of the year and take the rest of six off because you're already doubling and that's just you working. Right. That's not both of us. Right. And yeah, just as like to put some context on that, you know, we've talked about this so many times, but we came from Florida where it was very low paying. And so anything out of that, like I, even the people here in uh, St. Louis, they start out way higher. I think I think the girls that I work with, um, it depends on like how much experience, but like kind of a baseline was like $37 an hour, which is really high. I was making $25 an hour starting off, right? Like it was such a low paying job. Mm -hmm. So for us as travelers, damn, like we've really, really been able to maximize our income. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. So the answer to that question is yes, we can make more money. Yes, we do make more money, but because of the lifestyle, most of us aren't working year round. So, and there's expenses that you're incurring getting from contract to contract. So when you really take a step back, you can weigh out like how much more are you really making if you weren't working all year round and the money that's coming out, yeah. right? Um, but again, just leaving it at this, money isn't everything. And right. I'm so, I would much rather have the freedom and the time and the space to be able to take off or take my time getting to a new contract um, than, you know, essentially making more money just to keep work or just to keep working to make more money right but what's cool is like we said you have the option to choose which is awesome and i will say too like when we have really been in a place of hustle wanting to save some serious money and really in that work zone we have really tried to extend mm -hmm. a, a contract we're already and that is the best way to continuously make money Good money. Yeah, and not have to go through that whole disruption of leaving a place and getting to a new place just to, to stay in it, right? So if you're in that zone and you can extend, that's what I, yeah, I would say. It's 100%. Like, that's what we've been able to do and it's helped a lot. 100%. So this next one comes from a lot of the groups that we see. And we see a lot of blanket statements and questions that say, well, I can't travel because right now in my full-time job, I have insurance and 401k that I love. And if I travel, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. So is that fact or fiction? Fiction? Mm-hmm. That's an easy one. <laughs> that's a, that's a no-brainer. Um, here's the thing. With a travel job, you still get insurance and you still can contribute to a 401k. Um, each contract, each company will offer that. Mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, when it comes to insurance, you know, and Aaron and I aren't really the best people to speak about this because we've been saying for years we, we should probably just get our own policy, but we've never really taken the time to dive in to do um, the research and all the things that come with just going ahead and getting your own policy because... The thing is, when we're working, we have insurance, we're covered, it's super simple, it's easy. When, when you don't work as a traveler, you are not covered under insurance, 
right? So that is something to think about. If you're wanting to take a lot of time off like us, it's good to think about um, getting your own plan. That being said, because we take a lot of time off, we travel internationally, we get uh, traveler's insurance, which is essentially kind of like health insurance on the road because your health, most health insurances aren't going to cover you abroad. Correct. So we, that's one reason why we haven't done that. We we get the travel insurance that helps you for like medevac and things like that if you needed it. But the majority of, if If you you needed something like you cut your foot really bad and needed stitches, it's literally better just to pay cash. Right. Because it's so much cheaper. So they suggest not even getting insurance so that's kim and i's thought process to be honest with you if we never traveled internationally we would most likely if not 100 percent, have our own plan yeah guaranteed i think it's the best thing because if you stay working with a company then yeah you'll, you'll just keep with your insurance and now so here's um like a side note is so i work for say i'm working for a club staffing and i have a three-month contract and i'm working with them i have their insurance and then I'm gonna take you know two weeks off, but then I'm gonna start a new contract with club staffing, and every company will be different. But I'm if I already have a contract lined up with the same company with club staffing in this example, I'm actually still gonna be covered It'll under my over. insurance up to what twenty four days. Twenty six days. Twenty six days. Um, but or that, 24, you're right, 24. 24 days, but that's only if I'm I'm already re-signing, I have a contract line up, and I'm going to be starting with that company again. If not, when I end my contract, I'm ending my insurance. Yep. Um, and so that, and a lot of people will get COBRA to cover them. So there's different options, um, but... Well, it's definitely a good thing to ask your company and just see, like as in club staffing's policy, is if you end a contract and you re-sign within 24 days, your your coverage rolls over into the new contract. Yeah. If you do not re-sign, you end on your last day of your contract. Yeah. You're no longer covered. And, you know, honestly, this isn't something that's ever worried Aaron and I. I guess you'll say, like, we're more frugal or just kind of more laid back when it comes to health insurance. Like, we're, we're very healthy people. Like, we get, like, a preventative plan. Very cautious, too. Yeah, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not, not like cautious. A, I'm not like a wild child and like I'm very methi- methodical about like, you know, I'm not going to go out and do something crazy when I'm not covered. But I know accidents happen. But I'm just saying like I'm not like I, I know when I'm not covered. Yeah, I don't even think about it, honestly. Like I just I have a kind of a more lackadaisical approach when it comes to insurance so if you are somebody who does require medication or you have other things going on that that's really important to you and you want to make sure that you have a good solid plan and understanding then i would probably say get your own policy Mm -hmm. even though they are expensive they're going to be more expensive um but you know those are just things like factors like you have to weigh out as far as the 401k well i was gonna roll into that real quick i mean i think it's honestly best to find like a charles schwab or i mean again i don't i'm just naming that because i just saw a commercial um on them that they now are allowing low index fund stocks which i was like wow that's really cool um so i always suggest getting your own plan but the companies it is something to ask they do usually have a minimum required hours that you have to work for that company before you can start contributing to the 401k a lot of times I think with club staffing, I'm almost positive it's a thousand hours. Um, and once you work that thousand hours and you are eligible for that 401k, um, because that is something that the company pays for as well. So they want to make sure that you're going to work for them than just one contract and, and, and ditch them. So 
Um, but it's always good as a traveler just to really look at yourself as what if you were self-employed, what would you do? Um, and I think that's the best way to look at it as if you were, you know, working on your own business, you'd have to find your own insurance. You would have to, you know, find an outside 401k. And if you have a 401k that you've been contributing to at your hospital, the new company can roll it right into theirs. Um, it's, it's very easily done. And so, you know, just looking into all of those things, I know it sounds like a lot of work, but again, you know, when you really want something, all those things are, are very easy um, if you want something bad enough. Yeah, everything's figure outable. And you and this is a, this is something not to stress too much about. Like, no. get a lay of the land, get your options, and then decide what's best for you and your needs um, as, as the traveler. But you can figure it out, mm -hmm. okay? Number five, we only get crappy assignments as travelers. Mm. I think that is, I would, I would call that across the board uh, not true. Um, obviously, as we know, there are gray areas to that. And, but as Kim and I like to say, you know, we choose the jobs that we want. And as you get more seasoned as a traveler, you start learning that the interview is the most important because that is where you can weigh out everything you need to know as much as you need to know to make the best decision possible to if that's a good fit for you and the facility. Yeah. And that's, a, you know, because some people are like, oh, travelers, like they have to work the night shift. They have to work, Weekends, you know, these and... hours. They have, yeah, they get kind of the, the short end of the stick, you know. Um, in my experience, that hasn't been it at all. There's definitely been, you know, I've, I've, working, I've worked the grave shift. I've worked other shifts. I've worked the weekend, of course. But I've also chosen that job. As a traveler, you get to choose if that's what you want or not. I've also had jobs where I work day shift, I, where I'm working right now. I work 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. There's one week in a month I have to take call, right? Like, so... There's been like actually a lot of jobs that I've worked day shift, right? So I think it just totally depends on the job itself and you get to choose what's best for you. That being said, there's also going to be, you know, the, the different times where how, how much do you need a job right now? Do you have more time? You could be a little bit more flexible or you would uh, uh, like, whether it's a location or a time thing where you're like, nope, I want this job or I want to work in this area or I need a job right now. So you don't have as much flexibility, then you may be more inclined to take a less desirable shift or something like that just because it's something that you want or it serves a different need. But I would say across the board, it's not just like we get shitty shifts. Right. And I think one good thing to bring up as a real story is even this St. Louis job, right? Like we were in Florida. We really wanted to get a contract. It was in the COVID pandemic. And we know that it's a little bit more scarce. You got to be a little bit more flexible when you're taking a job and looking at contracts. And I'd say the first five contracts that came over to you were variable shifts and they were mm -hmm. weird and all over the place and some weekends. And then that one that you were having to work where it was like you'd work overnight and then the next morning you would come back and work during the day. But then like, then you'd work a day shift again and then an overnight. And then it was, yeah, I was like, absolutely It not. was all over the place. So if, if Kim was just, you know, new to this and didn't really understand that there's way more jobs and there's probably going to be a contract that pops up the next day that's yeah. totally different, then she would have been inclined to take that because we were like, man, like, is that all we're going to get? Right. But just understanding how this 
travel system works and knowing that there'll be another contract tomorrow. Yep. And I'll, I'll wait it out because that doesn't feel right to me. And I'm not going to take it. And I'm not just going to jump into what I think is a crappy shift just to take a job. There, Yeah. So know that as, like in our industry, new jobs pop up every day. So it's not this or nothing, right? So I think that's really important to remember because new travelers, you don't necessarily know that or understand that. So new jobs pop up every single day. Um, so there will be a multitude of jobs that are coming in every week. So there are choices. So don't just choose something because you feel like you have to, right? Mm -hmm. um, again, depending on what your uh, needs are in that moment. So for an example, San Diego, we were, Aaron took a contract in San Diego and we were living there. And San Diego is a very desirable place for travelers. It's very competitive and there's not a, okay, I'm speaking for radiology in general. Uh, nursing could be different, but there's not a whole lot of options for jobs. It's not like jobs are popping up all the time, like the Bay Area. It's mm -hmm. like there's so many jobs available. So San Diego is more tight knit. So we're living in San Diego, Aaron's already working and a job popped up for me for ultrasound. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is awesome, right? And, and it was a direct contract. So I had a really, really good chance of being able to get the job. And the shifts were variable shifts. Oh, yeah. It was bad. <laughs> it was not, it was like the, the schedule changed all the time. I knew this, okay, now here we go. I knew this going into the job. It wasn't like they hid it from me, like I understood it, but I took the job even though I was like, oh God, like I don't wanna do variable shifts, but I took it, why? Because it was in San Diego, I wanted to be there, we both wanted to work, we were trying to like save a lot of money, and so it made sense in that time. So I took the job. I will never take a varied shift again because I'm I hated that it was all over the place all the time and I'm somebody who thrives on like routine and kind of knowing where my hours are and things like that so I wouldn't do it again but in that moment it made sense so now fast forward a couple of years later when I'm looking for jobs now and a couple popped up that were varied shifts and we're all over the place and it says like subject to change. So, like I'm like red flag I absolutely don't want to do that again but I what I am not in a place now that I had to take that. Right. Where I felt like in San Diego, I was in a, not that I had to take it, but it made sense for what our goals were. And so I was like, I'm willing to kind of sacrifice for the couple of months because the varied shifts are a small part of the bigger picture. Right. That and I think sense. just a brief story too, just to kind of piggyback off of that was the contract that we spoke about in the first um, Factor Fiction was our Orlando contract. That was the first time as an IR person that I took a weekend job. And mm. on the interview, they said, you're going to be working weekends. And I literally told them, sorry, that's not for me. I'll find another contract. And they ended up calling back because I said, that's fine. Let's just continue on with the interview because I want to learn more about your department because you never know if this pops up again, you know, where I could be at that moment. And so we ended up having the interview. We had a talk. It was actually a really good interview. Um, I said, well, good luck to you, but this isn't for me right now. Um, and so we got off the phone. Well, they called my recruiter and said, what is it that he wants? And how can we get him back on the phone? And so I got back on the phone and I said, well, listen, it's four tens. I'm willing to work a weekend if you can make it that it's consistent. I need consistency. So I want Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's what I want my shift four days in a row. I don't want it to be... Because unfortunately, that uh, department 
was doing like you would work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then you'd be off Tuesday and then work like six straight. And then it was like very bizarre. And then you have four days off. And then I just, Kim and I don't operate under those, those type of like conditions. No, because we plan our life around the days that we're off. So then we can work on other things. Correct. And so I was able to tell them that I will come there if you can guarantee me this. And they were able to do that. And so therefore it's always not across the board when it comes down to working crappy shifts, you can literally negotiate if they're willing to, if they're not willing to negotiate, then you have the ability to say, sorry, it's not for me. I'm going to find something else and move on and they will find somebody to do it. um, And you will find a contract. So it's not always across the board that uh, travelers get crappy shifts. hundred percent. Okay, cool. Number six and last one for this episode. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I kind of guess this piggybacks off it does the last one, but it's a different like Topic. context. Okay, yeah. so travelers are always the quote unquote stepchildren, which is such a shitty thing yeah. to say because stepchildren are loved too. But we understand like the redheaded stepchild. It's a phrase that we <laughs> poor, poor red. <laughs> It's a phrase we use. We get it's what that means. It's a universal phrase. Like but... the underdog or like the one who is like kind of pushed aside or the one that's not valued or loved as much. <laughs> oh my God. God. I'm sorry. I told those redheaded stepchildren. Yeah. We, love, we love you, we you love all. You. Yeah. Okay. But travelers are the quote unquote redheaded stepchildren <laughs> of the department. Mm-hmm. And... What, okay, first, what are your thoughts on this? Because I have a lot to say about this. And, um, ooh, is that my packages? Oh, my God. Um, Stay focused. I have a new shirt, a sweater coming. And uh, what was I saying? That you wanted to hear my point of view, but then... Got um, distracted you, by you, the Yeah, the, the, the FedEx guy. Okay. Um, Go ahead. But you, you had a lot to say. I have a lot to say because I think it's a very interesting topic. And I actually just had a conversation with somebody about this, like, the other day. And we see this a lot. And... It has a lot to do with your own perspective and it's an individual experience. So anyways, you can So here's start. here's my take on this. I believe everything is how you portray it, like you said, your perception of it. You have to understand the facts. You are temporary. Like the facility knows that, you know that, the people you work with know that. They know that you're typically getting a higher wage to come in and work for a shorter amount of time. You don't have the same connection because it's not your everyday. Mm-hmm. A lot of travelers are just like they, you know, if you're if you're doing it properly, you don't really get involved in all the BS and the drama around the department. You're just breezing in and breezing out. Mm-hmm. So if you understand that, then you understand that yes, they're not vested in you. Like they're not really vested in your growth as a professional. With that being said, they've also been open to train me in a lot of places. So my thing is like with that understanding of like, I know that I'm temporary. I know that I'm not trying to suck the uh, facility dry for everything that I can get. And I know that they look at me as a temporary person. I don't have much expectation. But with that being said, I have been treated very well every single department that I've walked into. I've been treated with respect. I've been treated as a way of like, please teach us everything that you've learned. Is there new ways to do things that we're not doing? If you notice something, please share. So I haven't felt that way at all, but I know it's again, it's based off my perception going into the department. Well, I think it's a, it's like an individual thing too. Like I, I hear horror stories. Oh, yeah. of, I was reading a comment 
it was in a Facebook group, maybe it was ours, but she was talking about like, it actually like made me feel sad for her, but she was saying how like, you know, she was a nurse and like the nurses on her floor, you know, were all getting coffee and like nobody asked me what I wanted, but they were doing a big group um, like order. Hey, what do you want? What do you want? And nobody asked me. And then she said, and it was, uh, there was something else. I think they were ordering lunch. And again, nobody had asked her. So they asked everybody else, but not her. And she's like, so I guess I understand how this is going to be. And, you know, I'm kind of the outsider. And it actually made my heart hurt. Cause it's like, gosh, like you, I don't care who you are. Cause she was saying like, I'm not upset about it. Like I'm fine. Like I get it. And it is about like kind of your perception. This is temporary. I can get through it, whatever. But it still doesn't mean That's that hurtful. like it hurts your feelings to be left out. Nobody wants to feel left out of anything. Or an outsider. You're or there to outsider. work. You're working with them. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm here to help. Like I understand I'm only here for a couple of months. I might not develop like these deep relationships like you guys all share. But like I'm here to help. And like you want to feel included. You want to have some kind of conversation, some connection. Because that's a part, an important part of making your work environment feel like manageable and that you can get through it right it's the people that you're with that like allow you to get through it like so you know that being said I understand that I hear a lot of people say that kind of stuff we're trying especially in the nursing world and maybe that's because you know on a floor there's so many people where we come from kind of the niche of radiology where you can go into places with huge departments we've done that but for the most part, you're working with, you know, five people, seven people, maybe 10 people, right? It's like a kind of a smaller unit. And so I feel like it's easier to maybe get connected and get closer where I'm not spread out with, you know, 30 other nurses and we're, you know what I mean? Um, so maybe that's why it's a little bit different. But I'll say just from my experience, and we were talking about this at work the other, uh, yeah, Friday, because uh, they had asked, like, have you ever been somewhere that you were just like, it was horrible or the people were horrible. And I was like, honestly, no, I haven't. I've been a traveler for eight years. And they're like, eh, curious now, cause they can't sound like that. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't mean it like that. But I'm just saying like, of course there's places like people I've liked more than others and people I've connected with more than others. But in people that I'm just like, I get along, we're cordial, we can work together, but like, I really want nothing to do with you. It's not like I get along with everybody. But for the most part, like I've been pretty welcomed into departments. And I think it has a lot to do with also my, what I'm putting out there and my mindset going in and my attitude and my energy, my friendliness too. Like I make an effort to try to ask questions and get to know people and be friendly and warm and kind of create relationships with people as much as I possibly can, because that, that adds value to me. And it's the people I work with that make the experience for me. So that's important to me. So I do go out of my way to try to create relationships and I, and I kind of go over the top with it because it's important to me, you know? No, I do. And I think the last thing I'll say about it is I firmly believe that energy speaks louder than words. And going in with the energy of I'm here to help, I understand that I'm not going to be everybody's best friend. I know I'm not going to leave with, you know, people walking me out of the department on their shoulders singing like every hero song. Like, I understand that. That did that. happen, though. It, it, usually, <laughs> it usually does. Um, but... With that being said, I understand that. So I know my role and I'm okay with that role. So therefore, when you don't have any expectations, you go in with an open heart, open mind, and you just take, how can I help? How can I be here to help? How can I make the most of this? How could I leave here with a possible like 
new group of friends that I could talk to. You know, that's just basically how I look at it. And I go in just open to help in any way that they need me and not trying to over dominate because I understand that I am the outsider. I am the one coming in. I am short term. I am leaving. So how can I make the most impact before I leave? Right. And with that being said, if that if that's your one goal, genuine goal, I haven't seen any sort of, and that doesn't mean like you said, that I haven't had any issues with people that I've worked with. I've yeah. had plenty of right. issues. It's actually been one of my greatest teachers in life. Yeah. So therefore, like you do run into it, but I don't think all in all, I've been like this contract, they treated me like crap. No, I had to say something and I totally lost my train of thought and I think mm. it was important. Uh-oh. Um, oh, that what you put out there, you know, we're attracting what we're giving, right? And, and it does take some time to warm up. It takes time to warm up. Like, you know, where I'm working now, it's funny, like on my first day, I was going to say when I walked in and again, we're going to get into first days on next week's, but I will, you never know what you're walking into. And luckily, again, I've walked into a lot of environments where people are like, hey, how are you? Where have you been? Blah, blah, blah. They're interested. They ask questions. And I don't know. Like, I just kind of, quote, unquote, have been lucky, I guess, at that. But I walked into this place. Like, literally nobody talked to me. They're like, "Uh, just sit over there for a minute. Because the person who was supposed to show me around or whatever, like, wasn't there. And I think they didn't know what to do necessarily. They hadn't had a traveler before. And so they're like, eh, like sit over there for a minute. And like, literally they were having conversations and nobody even acknowledged me. Like <laughs> they're like, Hey, you know? And I felt so awkward. I was just like, Oh my God, this is going to be horrible. I've never experienced this before. Nobody's even like, Hey, like, you know, let me, I don't know. Like here's where you can put your lunch. I, it was so weird to me, but Luckily, it kind of started off a little bit like that, but you know, we over, I've been here now for seven weeks. It's like, we've all really warmed up to each other. And you know, I was just continuing to be myself. I didn't let that like completely knock me down. I was like, okay, this is kind of awkward first day, but it's to be expected. And we'll kind of find our flow. So it takes some time sometimes to like warm up. I mean, you guys do Wednesday night dinners now. Yeah, well, no, I love the people I work with. Like, I feel so comfortable with them. I mean, I'm telling them all my fart stories and talking about my boobs. And, like, I mean, we were, like, in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that that took some time uh, to really show up. And, again, as my personality, I really made an effort to show up fully. That's one of, like, the things I try to work on as a traveler. Is like, okay, I feel uncomfortable right now. But how can I still be me? How can I still show up? How can I still be friendly? How can I still feel comfortable in my own skin even when I'm feeling awkward? Like that's something I always work on all the time. And it's been a big teacher like. And I I think it's good too because what I was saying was if you would have taken that first impression and kind of hardened up inside. That could have been for an entirely different contract all the way through. Oh my gosh. Of just like, okay, like I walked in here. You guys didn't make me feel welcome. You made me feel like an outsider. I'm going to just bottle that up and like take that with me throughout my contract. Well, it would probably be the same way throughout your entire days because they'd be like, God, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Even though you felt that they neglected you at the beginning. And instead of just being like, okay, it takes a little bit of time. I'll warm up. I'll still be myself. This was awkward. And I don't want to. Well, this. you know what I did? I took it upon myself. I'm like, if they're going to sit here and like pretend I'm not here, 
Like, I'm going to, and no, because usually people like bring you in and they start to show you around and all that. I just started to ask a lot of questions and it started a conversation which got people talking, which got people going. And I ended up realizing, again, it usually has nothing to do with you, right? I ended up realizing there were things going on in the department that I didn't know at the time, I know now, but it's like nobody was in charge, there was no direction, people were feeling a type of way about taking lead because you know they had been you know denied, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of dynamics happening that really didn't have anything to do with me, but at the time it felt very much like it had to do with me felt because personal. I felt uncomfortable. So anyways, um, but I but I pushed through and I did what I know what to do, and the only thing I know what to do is to ask questions and to kind of just jump in there. But with that being said, I do feel for anybody who feels left out because that's such a shitty feeling. Um, and and that may happen. Like, let's just be real. Like, it's not, you know, that may happen at some point. And I think my advice is just do what you can. Try to connect with one person. You know, put yourself out there. Use it as a way to learn and to grow and to work on your own confidence. And also knowing that everything, this is temporary. It's temporary. And you touched on it. And I think it's really good. And that's what I wanted in on because it just came to me. It was just like... It's it as a traveler, we get to experience a lot of life lessons, and if you choose to look at it that way, you can learn a lot about yourself. And you know, when you say like it's not personal, you know, if 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 you're looking at it that people are asking for lunch or asking for coffee orders and you're not included, you know, honestly, just even going up and and maybe finding somebody you can talk to a little bit better than than somebody else and saying, hey, like. I noticed you guys are taking like lunch orders. Was there any reason that like you guys didn't ask me or, you know, it's okay. I understand that I'm an, you know, I'm a traveler and you guys are all connected, but you know, I just really wanted to know, like, am I doing something that's like upsetting you? Like when you're very straightforward with people in a nice way, people tend to respond to you and somebody might tell you, I mean, they might not, but it's just the fact of like, if you're harboring that and carrying that, that's hurtful. Well, and sometimes it's like, the not knowing that eats you up where it might not even be a big deal but in your mind now you blow it up of like they didn't think about me they they let they me out me. where if you if you brought it up they might just be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry we're just not used to having you here i'm so sorry like oh my gosh like we you know and like you get to move forward from there where they just completely forgot because you are new and they're not used to you being there and there's 20 other people to think about right. and there's nothing to do with you you know for me like i'm like I'll joke, like I, I can be sarcastic and I joke. So like we were all, so we had a Starbucks in our hospital, which is amazing slash like it's yeah. like I'm spending all of our money at Starbucks basically, but like we'll walk down and we'll get a coffee and it's kind of like our thing. And so we were all going to go get a coffee and then there was a patient, of course I was like, well, I'll do it. And that is one thing, like as a traveler, like there are times that like you might work harder or do harder cases. That just might be kind of part of it because I don't know. You're it temporary. Is a, yeah, it is a dynamic where they're like, hey, like you're here a short period of time. You do this. Are but that's you- a good thing though because you are there temporarily. Yeah. And that is a mindset that I look into it as is after this three months, I'm going to take a countless amount of time yeah. off. They have to come back every day. So I do try to like take over a little bit and say, you know what? Go sit down. Go relax. Like I got this. Um, and that goes a long way. It really does. People are like, damn, like, thanks. I wanted yeah. to go get a coffee. He's got this covered. 
he's leaving in a little bit. So yeah. it's he's giving me a break. I Because I do, just as a, a side note, and then I'll come back to the coffee story. I do hear this a lot, especially with uh, nursing and um, just really, I guess, most modalities that they're like, they make me do all the hard patients or they give me like, you know, the shitty patients or, you know, I stay extra or whatever the case is, or I'm, I'm picking up more holidays or whatever it is. But that is, that comes with the territory. Does that suck? Yeah, it sucks. Right. But it is, it comes with part of the territory as being a traveler. Like you're signing up for this lifestyle and there's a lot of perks to it, but like, you're there temporarily and they're like, Hey, we got this traveler. She's only here for three months. We deal with this bullshit for the entire year. Like let her handle some of this. And that is a mentality in our industry. And that's just part of it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be friendly and have be make connections with them, but also expect that that can be part of it too. Not always, but a part of it. Yep. Anyways, back to the coffee story and then we'll wrap it up. But, um, I was like, I'll go to this patient, whatever. So I'm in there scanning the patient. Okay, and we keep our doors open so I can hear everything going on. And they're like, okay, like, let's go get coffee. Like, let's all go. And I'm thinking, like, what these bitches, like, I'm in here, like, scanning. And, like, they weren't like, oh, let's wait for Kim and, you know, we'll go. So it kind of, like, hurt my feelings a little bit. Now I'm in there, like, scanning with, like, a snarl on my face, like, so mad. Like, they went without me, whatever. And nobody thought about me to be like, let's just wait for her. So I'm like in there scanning and they all come back and I can hear them. I'm still in there and I get the patient. I brought, I walk them out and I come back in and I'm just like, cool guys, like going and getting coffee without me, which is my way of being like jokey, you know, but, what serious. I, but I'm also like, what the fuck, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, like I'm pissed. and they're like, oh, we got you a coffee. We brought it back for you. So when you were done and they had remembered my order. Which is crazy, people. I have to literally, <laughs> I have a note in my phone of Kim's order and was actually made fun of by a guy behind me being like, bro, that's insane. Like, and I'm like, yeah, it's my it's wife's order. It's not that complicated. What is it? Okay, so I get a medium Americano with an extra shot of espresso, some steamed almond milk or coconut milk, and one pump of the sugar free vanilla. All right. Not that complicated. Well, I guess I've done it so many times that it's not that bad. It's, but I think first time you're like, because then you have to ask if they have steamed uh, almond milk or coconut milk. And I well, guess I everybody start does with now. almond milk, steamed almond milk, done, right? Like, and if they don't, I'm like, steamed coffee, coconut milk. So it's not that complicated. But the fact that they had remembered what I ordered and they brought one back to me, like, I was like, Oh, you guys, you know, like it was kind of like, and I made a joke out of it, but it was, but it was also kind of saying like, not cool. Well, I've actually made a comment before where I've said, sorry guys, what's it going to take to be a part of the family? Yeah. Like just funny little things. Like, don't take it so seriously. I know I'm, I know I'm here temporarily, but I want to be a part of the fam. I want to be in the gang. Like, what do I got to do? Is there initiation? Like, what do I need to do? And usually they laugh and they're like, you're part of the family already. Yeah. I'm like, sweet. Like, oh, cool. Like, whatever. (laughs) Like, woohoo. Do we hug now? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like there's a way to like be you and like bring it up and be funny about it. Don't take everything so seriously. Also, don't be so creepy where you're just like trying to fit in. Yeah. Like, you know, like those people that are just like laughing at all everyone's jokes and like, or like making signs that say like, who? wants to be my friend sign here <laughs> okay i did that and it was actually a hit okay know, so a- who wants to hang out with the new guy and i hung it up <laughs> in the uh lounge and they wrote funny like weird things 
but it literally started a conversation around the department and people were like dude that's hilarious like deep down that's hilarious yeah i was like i didn't think anything would come of it but it's a way to start a conversation it was definitely and literally four guys from the department we all got together and played a golf course um and they ended up paying for my golf as a birthday present like it was super cool but it was in uh, Pacifica, oh. it was because I posted a stupid note and I had 20 things that like, what do you want to do and who wants to sign up to hang out with the new guy? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. So being over the top works too. Sometimes. Just do you. Sometimes you got to grab attention. I find it, I find it, I find it easier for me instead of bottling it up inside and feeling upset just to get it out there in some way. Of If I am feeling left out or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's just me because I just, well, you just don't, I mean, it's again, it goes back to like, you don't know unless you know, and you, we get this feeling that everybody should have our concerns and what we're feeling at all times. And people are just in their groove. They're in They're their zone. They're not even zone. thinking about you. They're the not thinking yeah. about you. And that's not to be mean. It just is what it is. Like people aren't just like, I wonder what Aaron's feeling right now. Like, does he feel left out? And there are some people that do feel that way. Yeah. But majority of people don't. And so if you're not vocal about it or show that like, hey, that kind of upset me a little bit. Like, what can I do to get into the fam? Like, or going and buying people coffee. You know, maybe that's an icebreaker. Or seeing what that, they yeah. seeing what they do. Like, if you notice somebody does something over and over each day, maybe getting in front of it and doing it for them. And that creates a conversation. So if that's important you have to, to you. make an effort. If you could you, also be someone who literally doesn't give a flying F and is like, I'm here to do a job and yeah. leave. And I, I literally don't care. And that's cool too. There's no right or wrong here. It's just Agreed. if you want to make friends or you do want to kind of fit in, it make it a priority yep. basically. So okay. as, as you guys can see, this is why we broke this up into two parts. So we will end this one now. Uh, we will take uh, numbers seven through 13 next week. And um, again, it is election day. So I was going to say go out and vote, but um, yeah, let's just pray for the country and just pray for, for peace and whatever decision is made and just know that it was the right decision for the country. And um, if you did your part, fantastic. Um, that's awesome. And leave us a review. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I was going deep with the, the country, but Kim just threw it in there. Do your part. Leave us a review. You can go to freedomandscrubs.com. Especially if you didn't vote. Yeah. Least... If you didn't vote, like you better leave us a review right <laughs> yeah. now. Okay? Five stars. Thank you. Please and thank you. Go to freedomandscrubs.com. I know it's not gapped travel but the old name of the podcast was freedom and scrub so freedom you can submit your feedback your review there and we love it yep. we love it we love it we love it thank you thank you thank you and we will see you next week for part two love it bye